Love Will Be Our Home. And um, that's actually the title of the song we just sang. And so it sort of sets the, the foundation for where we want to go with our sermon today. Now, I particularly tailored it short um, because I know we had the dedication uh, to do. And so I pray that we will be out of here no later than a quarter to two. No, much, I'm joking. Much earlier than that. Much earlier than that. Um, so as we, as we gather in the warmth and comfort of our spiritual family, because that's what we all are, are you know. Um, our own families might just be two of us, three of us, four of us, five of us. But, oh, when we come together as a family of God, we pack a mighty punch. So we are here in the warmth and comfort of the spiritual family to celebrate Christian Home Day. It's a day when we reflect on the true essence of what makes our dwelling a home. The theme of our sermon, as we've said, is love will be our home. And of course, it's inspired by the song and revealed in the word of God. Before we delve into the word, let us just open our hearts to the power of God's love to transform, heal, and create a home wherever we are. Mighty God, I stand before you now imperfect, saved only by your grace. Remove a fire, a, a flame from your ever-burning altar. Place them on my lips so that my words may be acceptable to you, O God, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. When we think of home, we often think of a physical space a place of refuge, of comfort and belonging. But our true home extends beyond the walls that surround us. It is built on the foundation of love. Sandy Patti sings, if home is really where the heart is, then home must be a place we all can share. The heart of our home is not the bricks and mortar, but in the love we share and the fellowship we enjoy with one another. In the book of Acts, and I, and I want you to be turning there with me, I've made no slides um, for this presentation. In the book of Acts, we see the early Christians living out this principle. If you turn with me to Acts 2, second chapter of Acts, and we're looking at verses 44 and 40. Six, well, 44, 246. 44 reads, Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. I like that. And sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily, verse 46, with one accord in the temple, one mind, one focus in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. They gathered where? In homes, breaking bread and sharing everything they had. Their sense of home was not tied to a specific location, but to the love they shared, the love they had for one another. 
a love that reflected the love of Christ. From last year, we've been, we've been trying to encourage you to visit with your brothers and sisters, make, make arrangements to have a, a dinner, a lunch, you know, visit with each other, get to learn of each other and to know more about each other. Iron sharpens iron. There's always a little bit of information I have that you didn't have and some that you have that I don't have. Let us, let us see if we can revive that um, this year. Let's consider the story of Ruth and Naomi. Come with me to Ruth, book of Ruth. Other side of the Bible. And we're looking at the first chapter, Ruth 1, and we look at 16 and 17 verses. The verse 16 and 17. Here we find a powerful example of love as the overriding factor in the midst of loss and struggle. Ruth, a Moabite, a Moabite widow, chooses to stay with Naomi, her Israelite mother-in-law. And here is her declaration. Entreat me not to leave you. Don't tell me to leave. Or to turn back from following after you. Not after everything that I've learned about the Almighty God. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. And your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. Please mark out a space for me in the family plot. The Lord do so to me and more also in if anything but death parts you and me. Ruth found love among God's people. And here we see Ruth's love created a home for Naomi in her time of despair. Embodying the truth that love can make any place a home. Conflicts and struggles are part of the human experience. We've, we've, we've seen it through history and we experience it in our own lives. Yet, love has the power to transform and resolve even the deepest tensions. I don't care what family struggle you're going through. Who is estranged from who? What sister does not speak to which sister? Which father has not seen their children in a while and vice versa? I, it doesn't matter. Love, love. If we would give Christ's love a chance in our hearts, I promise you it would rectify the hurt. It would, it, would, it would dissolve the deepest tensions. In the life of Joseph, Joseph, you can go to the first book of the Bible for that one, Genesis. In the life of Joseph, we see, Joseph, we see a young man sold into slavery by his own brothers, facing unmanageable uh, betrayal. Yet, when Joseph rises to power in Egypt and is reunited with his family, he chooses forgiveness and reconciliation over retribution. He could have said, off with their heads, every one of them. Joseph says instead, you intended to harm me, 
but God intended it for good. Just this morning in Sabbath school, we were looking at David and, and some circumstances that he caused himself to, to be in uh, and the consequences which he had to face. And we understand that a lot of times we cause ourselves to be in places where we ought not be. But if we would turn to Christ, he can cause it to work for good. Amen? It is love that restores their family and turns a place of alienation into a home of healing. Similarly, Sandipati's song reminds us, with love, our hearts can be a family, and hope can bring this family face to face reconciliation. The love we demonstrate has the power to draw us together, to mend brokenness, and to establish a sanctuary of peace. As Christians, we are learning this love from the one who is love. Who is love? John 4, 1 John 4, lays it out very plainly for us. There are three aspects of, of love that um, the, the apostle puts in this um, epistle here. First John 4, uh, verse 7 um, to 11, looks at knowing God through love. He says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. Mm. For God is love. So if you are sitting here today proclaimed to be Christians who know God and are not loving, not kind, not sharing, not open. Maybe, you're, maybe you need to check your relationship with the one who is love. It continues in verse 9. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him, through Christ. In this love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atonement for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. The apostle then tells us that we are able to see God through love. Same First John 4. We look at verses 12 now through to 16, seeing God through love. No one has seen God at any time. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us. This is how we will begin to see God. I will see God in Victor's face. I will see God in Nee's face, in Chloe's face. I'll see God. In Arthur's face, because of his love to me and my love to them. This is how we will begin to see God. And, and this is how his love, the verse tells us, has been perfected in us. 
By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. It's a beautiful channel, a beautiful gateway, a beautiful way of experiencing God in our lives. But, but why this love? Why this love? Apostle goes on to tell us, verse 17 through to 19, love has been perfected among us in this. Here is how love is, is perfected. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. That's what it comes down to. Where will you stand? Will you stand on the side of love of God or on the side of the devil? That we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Paul spoke of a sure conviction regarding the unwavering nature of God's love in his letter to the church in Rome at the time. If you go to Romans chapter 8, this chapter is probably my all-time favorite chapter in the book, in the Bible. Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39 reads, For I am convinced one, one, one uh, version says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. These verses assures us that the permanence and power of God's love is eternal. This love is not swayed by our circumstances or our failures or the chaos of this world around us. It is the divine love that creates the ultimate home for our hearts. One that cannot be shaken or taken away. I think it was Luther Vandross who sang these lyrics, A room is still a room. Oh, if there is nothing there but gloom. But a room is not a house, and a house is not a home. But I'll leave that for couples a retreat. I'll leave that for couples retreat. These young people don't know about um, Luther Vandross. The point I'm making or, or the point I want to pull from this song is that a chair is still a chair. 
even if there's no one sitting there. But a chair is not a house, and a house is not a home without the all-encompassing love of Almighty God. We are reminded that God's love is what transforms our lives from mere existence into a royal inheritance as children of the Most High. Let us consider the parable of the prodigal son. And you can find that in the lost and found section of the Gospels. Lost and found section of the Gospels, Luke 15. You'll find a lost coin in there, there's a lost sheep in there, and there's the prodigal son. Here we find a young man who leaves the comfort of his home, squanders his inheritance, and faces the desolation of his choices. Yet, it's the unconditional love of his father that welcomes him back and restores him to his place in the family. This story illustrates the profound truth that our heavenly father Love is always waiting to embrace us, to fall upon our necks, no matter how far we have wandered. It is this love that ensures that wherever we are, we are home. I will talk to people from back home in Jamaica, where I come from, old friends, and they'll say, oh, you don't miss home sometimes. And I say, but home is where my heart is so unless she's somewhere else i'm all right wherever i am i'm all right we need to now realize that it is love love that will center us as we draw this message to a close i told you i was going to be quick as we draw this message to a close our spiritual journey is a testament to the enduring love of our heavenly father a love that creates a home in our hearts and extends to those around us. So in closing, I invite you to consider how you can manifest the love of God in your own life. How can you make your home, your church, your community a place where love dwells? How can you be an agent of reconciliation as Joseph was, or a steadfast companion as Ruth was to Naomi? By choosing to love, you choose to build a home not just for yourself, but for those who are seeking refuge and a sense of belonging. Let us remember the words of the Apostle Paul in Colossians 3, 15 to 17, who my bass voice brother read so earlier. So, so well earlier. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him in every aspect of our lives. I'm asking, let us be guided by God. Let us be guided by love. And let the love of Christ be the cornerstone 
of our homes and our communities. As we go forth from this place, let's commit to living out the truth of Romans 8, 38 to 39 and Colossians 3, 15 to 17. Let nothing separate us from the love of God. And let that love be the foundation upon which we build our homes and our lives. Heavenly Father, fill us with your love. For strength to show love to others. And for the understanding that in God's love we find our true home.